Welcome to another episode of Best of Johnston County, brought to you by Breeden Law Office. Our host, Jonathan Breeden, an experienced family lawyer with a deep connection to the community, is ready to take you on a journey through the area that he has called home for over 20 years. Whether it's a deep dive into the love locals have for the county or unraveling the complexities of family law, Best of Johnston County presents an authentic slice of this unique community. Hello and welcome to another episode of Best of Johnston County, the podcast about the community of Johnston County. My name is Jonathan Breeden and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the Breeden Law Office. And today we have as our guest, Representative Donna White, who has been in the North Carolina General Assembly for many years and before that, for many years was on the Johnston County School Board and is a Johnston County native. So who better to talk about Johnston County and where it's gone and where it's going than her. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. It's a, a pleasure to be your guest and I look forward to this questionnaire. <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be interesting. We could talk. I mean, if you and I started I talking, say, this podcast might be <laughs> like one of those Tim Ferriss podcasts that are like 90 minutes long and we could do four or five episodes about what's going on in the legislature. Well, that's and, why I brought everything. some notes so I wouldn't oh, go on Oh and my on goodness. And on. We I mean it we it could go all we could go all night. But we're not gonna do that because we really could talk for the next three hours. But I do want to talk about so the, the, a lot of the you know, I mean you're elected office for the last twenty years, I believe, and uh, so a lot of people know about you, but a lot of people that maybe listen to podcasts don't. So let's start out with, you know, I, I know you're from Johnson County, you were born and raised in Clayton. Tell us a little bit about that. Actually, I wasn't born in Clayton. Okay. I was born in Southport. Oh, My okay. father's family was from the coast. Okay. And he was raised in Bolivia, and I was raised there until I was seven. Okay. My mother's family dated back to Johnson County to the 19, late 1700s. And so when after they got married and I was born, that was a long time because they'd been married almost nine years before I was born. But my mother just wanted to come back to home, which was Clayton. And Daddy okay. had worked for the CCC camp, planting the trees at Clemens Forest. Oh, yeah. And so ha that's how he met my mom. And then they moved, got married and moved to, to women of Bolivia. So anyway, I've been here since I was seven. That's a long time. Don't ask me how old I am. No, I'm not going to go there. But, but I, I mean, I know you went to Clayton High School. I went to, I went, I started in first grade in Clayton. Like I said, I was seven years old. So, but right. I, my birthday is in November, so it's, I started when I was almost seven. But I started in Clayton and graduated from Clayton. Was a head cheerleader at Clayton and Miss Clayton High School and all those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been in Clayton since I was seven years old. Well, yeah. Well, and then it's uh, after I guess it, you become a nurse. I know that. When and where did you? Uh, not, I guess when, but where did you go to school and I started start out nurse? at Watts Hospital School of Nursing, which is Watts University now. Okay. And then I got some additional education so that I could go into public health because at the at the diploma program in nursing you could not do public health. So I got a public health job, and then they said, "Oh, well, you 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 don't have your um, BS yet," and I said. Well, no, they said, well, where did you graduate from? I said, Watts Hospital. They said, you're hired. So, <laughs> and that was a trend in, in, um, in the year that I graduated. So, but then I went on to ECE and got some more there in UNC Chapel Hill as well. So I, I continued my education. Okay, and so what are some of the, the jobs, I guess, you had in nursing and public health well, over the I years? I began in uh, the intensive care unit, uh, pediatric intensive care unit, and worked there in, you know, in the hospital. And then I had I always had a strong interest in being with the people, serving the people in the local community, which is why I went to nursing school. I wanted to be a missionary nurse. But Dr. Schweitzer died before I finished school, so <laughs> I couldn't go to work for him. I didn't want to go to Africa without him. Oh my god! But, but anyway, 
So that's what led me into public health. So pretty much I worked at the Orange County Health Department, which was five county health department at that time. I okay. worked in the Hillsborough office. Okay. I did school nursing. We were called generalized nurses. We did school nursing. We did all the lab and all the clinical okay. uh, coverage. And then we did the community home visiting. So I got a really good, strong background in public health nursing on the job, as well as going back to school. And so then I moved, we moved back to, my husband and I moved back to Johnson County, okay. uh, Clayton, and I went to work at the Johnson County Health Department. I'd been there about two weeks and they made me pediatric nurse consultant. Okay. And so I had a team of aides and, and LPNs underneath me. Dr. Daniels, who was the only pediatrician in the county at that time, oh. wanted me to become what they called then a nurse extender, which is now a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. So he took me into his office for a year and taught me everything that he needed to teach me. And then okay. I opened up a well-child, sick-child clinic at the health department and okay. did that for several years. And then the de child development people came down to uh, Smithfield and wanted me to start a program to teach young parents how to take care of their children who had disabilities and that okay. type of thing. So we and they're still using that program now at Partnership for Children. Oh, how about that? How about the Partnership <laughs> so for it, Children? Yeah, how about um, that? That's awesome. And then when the AIDS epidemic came out in the late '80s, I just was intrigued. Being Florence Nightingale, you know, I was intrigued <laughs> about the Simeon War. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought this is just like the the, the plague, you know, that came about during that war, and so. I became kind of a local expert on HIV AIDS, and as a result of that, Governor Hunt wanted all seventh grade parents to be trained, to, to be educated so that you could also train the children. Right. That was a caveat. You had, the parents had to have had the course first. Okay. So I spent a, probably a year going around Johnson County and other places teaching parents how about AIDS, HIV AIDS. Okay. And as a result of that, the Health Resources Services Administration learned about me. And at that time, I had, and by, by this time, I decided to switch over to the Johnson County Health Department, but the home care division instead okay. of the clinic division. Okay. So I was in home care, home health, and um, I was, and I kept reading, I was continuing my interest in HIV AIDS, right. and Health Resources Services Administration in Bethesda, Maryland, sent contacted all the 50 states and said, we've got a, a case management model of nursing that has, is new, and we want to have states to apply to get this grant. So okay. So, you know, here's a little peon nurse at Johnson County Health Department, <laughs> and I wrote a grant to get into the state to the state of North Carolina for HRSA. Okay. And they were only going to take six states. Okay. So I knew it was going to be highly competitive. Well, I knew if I just, and they were targeting aging, the aging population. Right, right, well, of right. Of course, I was doing home care and home right, health, so I right. knew aging. But I said, I'm going to put a little hook in there. So I put that I would also like to do case management for HIV AIDS patients because we were getting a lot of AIDS, okay. AIDS patients coming right. into, coming back home from New York, New Jersey, right, right. In, back into Johnson County. So I put that little caveat in my application, okay. took my family to Disney World, came home and all the health department were standing on the outside of the health department clapping for me. And I got out of the car and said, what in the world's going on? <laughs> Is somebody coming? They said, right. they've arrived. I said, I don't, wanna, I don't know what's going on. They said, you got your grant. I said, well, they better give me more than 2000 because I am not going to do all this work. They said, oh, no, you didn't get 2000 I said, it was less than that. That's a lot of money. Because, I mean, I was, had right. a big plan there. They said, I said, how much did I get? They said, you got $6 million. $6 million. Now, this was more than the health department budget. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
So I became a little famous. Oh my goodness. Well, in about, I did that program, set, got it set up, and we were doing really good. I had a whole big staff of nurses and aides and all that, and going really well. And then the doctor who managed it in Raleigh at the Department of, it was still the Department of right. Public Health then, right. now DHHS, but it was Department of Public Health then. And she decided, she got called to go to Washington uh, to work at uh, the Institute of Health. And so she recommended that I come to Raleigh and be her. And so the state had to rewrite the job description because I wasn't a doctor, I was a nurse. You were a nurse, so right, so you went to Raleigh. I went to Raleigh and became the HIV AIDS coordinator for the whole state. And uh, that that? grew into uh, developing a community alternatives program. We had it for children, we had it for adults, but we didn't have anything for HIV AIDS. So I worked with uh, Medicaid, um, the Division of Health Health Resources at the time, Department of of Human Resources, and developed a program for HIV AIDS for CAP AIDS, CAP Medicaid reimbursed services and so that just kept growing and by 2004 my parents were getting you know older and I knew that my mother was going to need some care that I wanted to be able to provide at home and I was traveling all over the state. Oh yeah I remember that. So finally, I, I said, you know, they had been asking me to come to work as the nurse consultant for the Division of Aging and Adult Services, which was now the Department of Health, in the Department right, of Health and right, Services, right, and right. Public Health had gone over right. there too as well. So in 2004, I applied and I went to the Department of Health and Human Services, to the Department, Division of Aging and Adult Services as their home health, home care consultant, and stayed there until I was there when I got elected to the House. Right, but right, that, well, that's 2004 right. 2004 is also when I got elected. Elected to, to the, the school board, board, right? That was my next question. <laughs> Prior was, to that, I right. did the Board of Adjustment, Town Council, or not Town Council, but Board of Adjustment and Planning Board for Clayton for many right. years, and the the advisory chair for the high school, the Clayton High School. But I went to the, I, I got a call one day from a current senator and his, his wife, and she said, we want you to run for the school board. I said, no, I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> The next day I know I'm putting my name on a ballot running for school board. Oh, I remember. And and I I stayed elected from 2004 to 16 when my term was up. And and Representative Leo Daughtry decided, announced in 15 that he was not going to run again. And and that was the first year that we had December filing as opposed to March filing. Right, right. And so through my name on a ballot, because I was asked to do that, and the next thing I know I'm going to Raleigh. Right. No, I know. <laughs> that, that was in 17, six years and 10 months from Golly, that was, I mean, that was crazy. I remember helping you out on that first school board campaign uh, because, I mean, you were talking about the issues that I thought, and, and I, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, but I thought, you know, we, we need community schools. We need schools that are responsive to the parents. That's what you were talking about. That's what you had attempted to do in the 12 years you were there. It changed a lot in the 12 years there because for a long time it was you and Larry Strickland, and y'all were saying one thing, and the rest of the school board was saying something <laughs> else. And over time, you got you got a little bit more help. And, we worked uh, really hard and had a really good school. And actually, Representative Strickland, as you know, ran for the House the same time. Neither one of us knew that the other ones had planned to run. It just different things. Right. The person that was in that he's in their seat now was getting older and needed some was getting had some health issues. Right. And Representative uh, Daughtry had decided to. Uh, not run again so we but neither we both kept it very quiet nobody knew that the one or the other the uh, 
we did not know each other were running and so all of a sudden we right. both ran and won. So when we went to Raleigh, we were called the Johnson County Twins, you know, they <laughs> set us beside of each other all the time. But it was really interesting because when we left the school board in 2016, seven, I had to leave in November because my term was up. He right. had two more years on his term if he hadn't been elected right. to the House, he could have stayed on two more years and so he was, but in, so he left in December after the December meeting. But we had just been recognized, Johnson County School System had just been recognized by the National Certification Board. And actually, Dr. Kroom, the superintendent at that time, flew up and it received an award because we were the only school system in the United States that had met the highest criteria for recertification in all of the areas. Like, say, the highest you can make was five, and there were five areas, and we made five on each area. So, And we had the highest graduation rate, the lowest dropout rate. So we were pretty famous when we got to Raleigh already well, yeah, before well, we did you, anything you were. in well, Yeah, well, I mean, you, I mean, you, had, a, you, had, a great, you had a great school, school board uh, that was there. You had arguably the best superintendent in all of North Carolina and Dr. Kroom. And I mean, things were going really well. But I mean, he had, you know, about the time you were getting off, he had retired. He, he was and now I think he's March. the president of Mount Olive College. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so they went with a different, you know, they were going with a different superintendent and you know, everybody's got a different opinion on that, but he's no longer the superintendent. We've got Dr. Bracey now. So, so you, I mean, I guess what have you, in, uh, I guess what has been the most surprising thing about being in the legislature? There's 120 members of the state house. They're from all over the state. They're, now there are about 68 Republicans and 42 Democrats, I think. 72. So 72 Republicans, <laughs> 40, right. Do se- the math up to Right, I'm doing the math. I'm trying to get 120 because somebody switched, right? So it's 72 72, and 48. Right. And it was 71 and 49 before Representative Cotham, I guess, out of Charlotte, switched earlier this year. So when I worked at the legislature as an intern for Robin Hayes in, in 1995, Leo Daltrey was the majority leader. The Republicans had just gotten the North Carolina House. Harold Brubaker was the speaker. Billy Creech from Clayton was the finance chair. And that was an adventure. And that was... 68 to 42, the governor did not have the veto power back then, and or 68 to 52, excuse me, I'm not good at math. Anyway, but they didn't have the veto power, and they picked up 26 seats in the sort of Gingrich Revolution in 94, mm-hmm. contract with North Carolina and all that. And, and that was an amazing, just to try to watch that with Governor Hunt, and the Senate was 26, 24, Democrat, Republican, Mark Basnight, Tony Rand, Bev Perdue, Roy Cooper, they, they're running the state Senate, and they didn't see things the same way Leo Daltrey, Harold Brubaker, and Robin Hayes saw things, or Jim Hunt, and everybody had to sort of get along. And I think it was a lot more collegial back then than I think it is now. But, you know, that's sort of water on the bridge. But I really enjoyed it. Learned a ton. The issues don't ever change. The faces change. Maybe the solutions change. But the issues Pretty never really change. Back. That's right. You know, safety, education, roads. I mean, I mean, that's basically what you want from your government. You know what I mean? Have family law questions? Need guidance to navigate legal challenges? The compassionate team at Breeden Law Office is here to help. Visit us at www.breedenfirm.com for practical advice, resources, or to book a consultation. Remember, when life gets messy, you don't have to face it alone. So, so what's been the most, I guess, surprising thing in the six or seven years you've been there? Well, I guess if I tell the honest truth, (laughs) (laughs) I think the most surprising thing is that 
you know, being a conservative, being elected on the Republican ballot, I guess I just thought everybody had a, maybe the same mindset on what needed to be done right. and how it needed to be done. And I found out that is not correct. You know, what I have found out, to, well, and the other thing is that being a public health nurse pretty for the bulk of my career, you know, all I know how to do is serve. And so it's not been surprising to me that I would have a lot of opportunity to serve my constituents, and that's what right. I do best. Right. But I guess what, it, what has been surprising to me is that I guess every legislator does not go there with a, maybe a servant's heart. They go there more with a, and I'm not saying that we don't have really good legislators. Right. We do on both sides of the aisle. Right. And, but when I realized that maybe everybody did not come there with the same in, understanding that I did, that we right. were going to all think the same way. Right, right. I, understand. I understand. So what I've done since I've been there, I guess the thing that I'm most proud of, and you didn't ask me that, but I would just say it now, I realized that in order to get anything done, because as a, you know, I'm a health chair for right. policy right. and appropriations, and so there are six of us this time. That's been a little hard to manage, but it's better if we have about three. It's when you get six people right. trying to make one decision. Right, right. <laughs> Based on what I just said right. earlier, no, it's really believe hard. Me, believe me. But but anyway, so I think that it's just been what I realized early on is probably during my orientation is that there were good people with on both sides of the aisle that had good ideas yeah, and absolutely. needed to have a voice. And I thought, if I worked as hard as I've worked to get up here, and they worked as hard as they've worked to get up here, you know, I need to give them a chance to have a voice. Right. So that's what I started from the very beginning. I have made friends on both sides of the aisle. I've made some enemies on both sides of the aisle, <laughs> right. I guess. That, that happens. I, I'm not going to talk that, about that no, because that I really happens. don't know. No, but I'm sure happens. I've got some enemies. No, it happens. But, um, it absolutely happens. But what I have really enjoyed doing is looking at the expertise on both sides of the aisle, and when I do a bill, and I have had been, I've had the honor of putting a lot of bills in that have been passed. I've had a lot of bills that's been put in the trash can when they get on the other side of the chamber, but right. we won't talk about that. Right well, now. it happens. So, um, but what I've done is looked at the expertise, and if a bill, if I have a bill that their expertise on either side of the aisle is what I need on my bill to give it strength, I go to that person and ask them if they'll serve with me on the bill. And that has happened over and over again for the six years and 10 months. Then also there's a couple of years ago, I got bold enough to, I was asked if I would uh, put my name on their bills, which I've done many times. Right. And I've also got it now to the point that they can put their name first and not be in the first spot, but I will just be a backup. Right. But I think that's the way to make good legislation. And I wished across across the political spectrum, we could have more of bringing the best out of each person mm -hmm. and using that and working together. I mean, 95% of the time we vote together. You know, it's just, we just do. Right. But it's only those 5% of issues where there's friction. And there's that's gonna always be because uh, we, you know, you have folks that have, you know, th this is some of their major things and you right. have folks that this is, and they're never gonna come together on that, right. but you can still make it work if you come together on those 95% right. of things that we can collaborate right. and share right. our expertise. Right. And, and, and so think, that's been surprising to me that I was able to work that out because I didn't find it when I got there and now right. I found it and it's being demonstrated and I think it's being practiced more across the aisle. I, I, I always, I do think the public, if they looked at all the votes cast, would recognize that the majority of the votes 95%. have right have 
well over 100 votes yeah. out of 120. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. just have the issues that get in the and headlines. If you don't have a, more than about 110, that means a lot of people are out that day. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, right, it really is, you know, it, you know, every, you know, the, the, the you know, the hot button issues are hot button issues. But other than that, everybody largely agrees and, and gets along. And and I don't think I, that was surprising to me when I went to the legislature. I thought Every single vote was a fight, and I mean, I was there for four months before I saw anything get less than 100 votes. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I yeah. was like, what in the world? So yeah. anyway, but it was fascinating. But as we talk about, I guess, the best of Johnston County, and of course you represent Johnston County and have for a long time, what makes Johnston County special? Well, I'm going to answer that in a two-part answer. I'm going to say what made Johnston County special to me up until about 2008, it may be a little bit before that, a little bit after, was the fact that everybody knew everybody, you know, just like we just <laughs> talked earlier. You know, you could go to the grocery, it would take me two hours at the grocery store, not because I was getting groceries, but because right. I saw everybody I knew, right. and it was like a great time right. to just catch up. Oh my so no matter where you went, you didn't have a lot of choices about where you went, right. but when you, wherever you went, right. whether it's you know, church or the grocery store or getting gas or just, right. you know, outside walking or something, there was just tons of people that you could talk with and you just, you had the same language, you talked the same, Right. Talk, tell the silly, silly, same silly jokes. You know, right. you had that common, just, you know, you knew their mom and their, right. their grandma right. and blah, right. blah, blah. Right. So it was like a huge family that you could right. feed off of. And that was true uh, for me from like Smithfield, not just Clayton, right. but Smithfield, right. Selma, Archer Lodge, Kenley, Four Oaks, Benson. I right. just felt like I had this huge family out right. there that, and that was, was, it, obviously, it intensified after right. I got elected because I was going out right. there with the school board to everything that was going right. on and meeting a lot of new people. Right. But it just always felt like you had this huge family that you were very familiar right. with. And it gave you a sense of confidence right. and just enjoyment. So that's my first part. Right. So the second half of that is where, we've, where we are now. Right. Uh, because we're growing, my district is the fastest growing district in the state and the ninth fastest in the nation. And I'm not talking about all of Johnson County, it's Western Johnson County, which is right. just my strip now. I've lost uh, my Smithfield precincts, I've lost uh, all of my Cleveland precincts now except one. And so pretty much my district now is Clayton and Archer Lodge and the rural area going up to the Wilson-Franklin-Nash County line. Um, so, you know, people are moving in so quickly, so right. fastly, and in such numbers, 800 people a month for the last three years in my district, three to 500 a month for the first three years I was there. Right. So, it, you know, I'm meeting new people every day, and right. I love that, but, you know, sometimes when I taught my Southern English, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like right. Randy Owen in Alabama. They right. don't understand. Oh, I understand that. But, um, I understand that. But it, it's. I think what has happened uh, with the influx of, of a lot of new people at at one time is that obviously we kind of lost a, a lot of that familiarity. Right. Right. Um, and so and there's so many people too that have decided that they don't like the growth, so they've moved to Emerald Isle. So we've right. got Emerald Isle Clayton and Emerald Isle Johnson well, County. Well, that's true. I mean, we've got right. Emerald Isle Clayton, and then we've got Clayton in Johnson right. County. But um, but the good thing about the growth is that I have met so many wonderful people that have moved here, have 
new, you know, new customs that I'm right. learning and new jokes and new language. So it's yeah. always an opportunity to share, you know, to share that with people that new friends that I'm making all the time. And right. that is so special. And I know that so many people that moved here in that first round of, of folks that moving right. in, they moved here because they wanted wide open spaces and they just loved right. the fact that we didn't have traffic and all that stuff. And I think the thing that I love most about Johnson County is that I, could, you know, before is that I could get on the could get on 42 uh, East, <laughs> and I could drive all the way to Wilson County line without seeing a car, and I could see wild turkeys on the road. I could oh see fox, gosh. deer. Well, yeah. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. But and that's what a lot of the first round of people that came right. in saw. Right. And Actually, I had I was talking to a lady here in Cleveland just a couple of months ago, and she said, "What happened when I moved here?" And she moved here about that time, right, early two thousands. Right. It was just wide open spaces, and we were so happy to be in a farming community. I said, "Well, you know, it is what it is." Well, I mean, it's so, going to well, it's going to continue to grow. I mean, yeah. and and I give a lot of credit to. I think our county commissioners have done a great job. We've had a lot of well, different ones. I think, And we had a really good school system. Right. That we, brought a lot right, of people, especially right. children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Right. That brought a lot of children, a lot of people here. And that was when I was on the school right, board. Right. I'd say, how did you choose Johnson County? And they said, well, you've got I-40, which of course hadn't been opened in, right. until the early 90s. And then... And it goes straight to Duke and Chapel Hill. And so we lived places that we didn't have access to our children with those issues. So that's been a major drawing card. As well as, you know, we have two large pharmaceutical, one of the two of the largest pharmaceutical right. companies in the world, Griffles and Novo. So we've got a lot of stuff pulling people in right. here. And that's a good thing. Right. And, you know, used to, the only there was only one restaurant open in Johnson County on Sunday. I won't say where it is because, well, it's not open now. Right. But it was on 70 going towards Smithville on the right. left. And they had great coconut pie. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, but that was there was no other place to eat. No, I mean it's. I mean it really now you is, have choices. Oh, you so have tons of choices, you know, and you're going to get even more choices. Yeah, the and, growth has brought choices, oh, it's, and it's brought new friends right. and new new ideas and new ways to do things. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, you know, I moved here in, in 2000 after getting out of law school, and uh, I came here because it, it was growing. It was near Raleigh. It wasn't Raleigh, but it was growing. It appeared to be an underserved area of lawyers did not have enough lawyers for the growth it was having it still doesn't today have enough lawyers to for the growth that it has which is good and bad it helps me have plenty of business but it it's bad and that we could use a few more local attorneys to serve the the citizens of johnson county but you know there's 60,000 people in Johnson County in 1990, 1991. I-40 was the last stretch of I-40 to open between California and Wilmington. That opens in 1992. Jim Martin was governor. He comes and cuts the ribbon. I remember watching that live on WRL as a... We uh, had two television stations. Right, right. Five and, and 11. And, right, well, and I watched, <laughs> I mean, I watched that as a, as a senior in high school in Laurenburg, North Carolina at the time. And, you know, and now there's... 270,000 people in Johnson County. I, it depending on, you know, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, when you just think about that, it's four times bigger than it was, and it's not going to stop. Early 2000s, we had a little over 600, 6,000 in Clayton proper. Right. We have 31,000 now and growing. Right, today. right. And there's, and if you draw a line going from the Wake County line, starting at Corinth Holders, and you make a mile, a, a, a curve line that goes five miles into Johnston County and go all the way down to Willow Spring, I think it's like 60 or 70,000 people mm -hmm. just in that five miles, the western edge of Johnston County. And it could be even more than that now. I mean, well, when, so uh, it, in it's, the 2020 it's a lot. census, 
<clears throat> and it was confirmed again last year when they, even after they took a precinct, some precincts away right. from me, I had 120,000 people in my district. Right. I mean, that's. Right. That's just and the little strip. That's that, right. I mean, that's it's basically. Not the, it's right. not the rest of the county. Right. I mean, it's basically 70 and 95 mm -hmm. to the northwest is your district. I no, mean, that's. Not, it's, not 95. Well, not, it doesn't even go all the way to 95 anymore. 70. To the bypass. Well, actually, a little bit before the bypass. bypass like, now, or right. Or Mills area. I, right. It's just crazy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, you know, but it, it's been, you know, we've been very fortunate. I mean, to have Riverwood and Flowers Plantation mm -hmm. And, you know, out here with Adams Point and Broadmoor. And, I mean, we've got some very nice developments. And, you know, we had Paul Flaherty on and we talked about, you know, the Copper District is going to transform that side of Clayton where the hospital is. That's going to be, going to be bigger than Clayton is now. Right. And it's going to be like a mini North Hills. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't think, I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, what's going to happen. Class A office space in mm -hmm. Johnston County. I mean, they're going to do a tremendous job. office buildings. Uh, they're going to, I mean, that's going to be unbelievably beautiful and well-designed and it'll be something I believe that the people of Johnson County could point to as a point of pride because the growth is going to come and whether you like it or not it's going to come and so I do think the county commissioners and our legislators and stuff have done a pretty good job of planning for it as best they can we've got a Clayton's getting a new wastewater treatment facility. Johnston County's getting a new wastewater treatment facility. Thank you to Representative White and Representative Strickland. Representative yeah, y'all had a lot to do with that. And Yes, and, this year, right. I, was, I no. would mention that to you. Yeah. Just this year in the cycle, we got over $20 million for the airport oh, to yeah. put in new hangars because people want to come here and put their planes in. Correct. That's, you know, there's no taxes there. Nope. You just you get taxes from them, but not, right, we don't have to right, deal with the taxes. Right. We got over $20 million for the waste and water and sewer for the county as right. a whole. And then for Clayton, I was able to get $20 million for water and sewer issues. And we had just gotten about that much last year for the, mm. the Sam's Branch reclamation system. Okay. So, And then we're going to get a new senior center in Clayton, yeah. uh, which will be, of course, a collaboration between the Community and Senior Services in Smithfield yeah. and, and Clayton. But we got some money for the library so that it can continue to meet the needs of, of the incoming citizens. We've gotten, um, let's see, I was, let me think, I've just, oh, we had, there's um, a ton, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was a huge budget, YMCA? YMCA, yes. So, and the Archer Lodge community has uh, been helping them get their big community park done and for the, every year for the last three mm. sessions we've been able to do it. So this year mm. we got about 2.6 million for them and that's exactly what they asked for. Right, so, that's, that's you know, awesome. So it's, it's when you think about being able to actually, a lot of people don't realize that's one of the things that your legislator does is look for resources and work with the whole team of legislators right. to get each one puts in a little bit and therefore we can right. make our pot bigger and it, right. it, uh, it certainly helps the county and the county's been very pleased. Plus we put 59% of the state budget in education right. and that depends and you know we have broadened some of the ways that people can decide to get their education right. Right. but when you look at over 11 billion dollars in North, in education for North Carolina and a chunk of that came to Johnson County right so you know there's in course in my field of health care We've done a lot to address the mental health issue. I got money for additional mental health beds at the at Johnson Health. Right. 
UNC right. Johnson Health. And they'll be full um, by the minute they open. They're There's already no full doubt. before. Right, no, right. It'll be open. The mental health so beds will be, I got, over, be full before they open. I got the open. first set last two years right. ago, and right. they're uh, working we on those now. We needed that, We added sure. some more there. Um, but just mental health services across the mm -hmm. state that we're adding and different options that we've also, mm -hmm. or help that we've given to local hospitals and physicians. And I guess the biggest thing that I need to still get past, and I work on that, I've been working on that, uh, since 2017 is right. the SAVE Act, right. which allows uh, nurse you know, um, uh, advanced practice registered nurses and clinical specialists. And we did get the midwives in. Right, right. I saw full, that. Right. Full. We don't call right. it scope of practice now. We right. call it full practice. Of right. Well, the PAs, so, unfortunately, the PA, uh, have not gotten that. That's, and that's they, what I'm and saying. They, and, and the they SAVE should. Act has been my act. Right, right. And yeah, they, they should, money. in my opinion. But, you know, that's a debate for next year, and maybe it will. So I guess to wrap this up, what has you excited about Johnston County moving forward over the next couple of years? Well, I see a increased desire by the county commissioners and hopefully the school board and, and the legislators to work more jointly together. Sometimes we're, you know, in years past, sometimes we have been, we've all been working for, for Johnson County, but right. sometimes we maybe didn't know exactly what the other group wanted. Right. So I think with more meetings than we're that we're having now to try to talk things through, hopefully that will allow us to know what everybody is wants and what right. they're working on and how we can just support and enhance each other. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming and taking your time out, out, out of your busy schedule, Representative Donna White, to come meet with us. That'll be it for this episode of Best of Johnston County. If you like what you heard and you want to be able to follow up, click the like button or the follow button wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube so you'll know when future episodes will be coming out. You don't want to miss who's going to be next. We've got a lot of great guests lined up over the next few weeks that you're not going to want to miss. Also, if you would be kind enough to give us a five-star review and write a review about how much you've enjoyed the podcast, that will increase our visibility to other people that might be out there looking um, for podcasts that might be looking for information about Johnston County. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Breeden. Thanks a lot. That's the end of today's episode of Best of Johnston County, a show brought to you by the trusted team at Breeden Law Office. We thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to sharing more interesting facets of this community next week. Every story, every viewpoint adds another thread to the rich tapestry of Johnston County. If the legal aspects highlighted raise some questions, help is just around the corner at www.breedenfirm.com.